We are here until 7 o'clock tonight. It's raining, it's cold, it's miserable, it's dark outside, but thank you for choosing Red FM and thank you for choosing the Big Red Bench this evening. Right, uh, just going to get you up to date on everything that's been happening today, I guess, and uh, the uh, Ryder Cup singles matches have gotten underway at uh, Whistling Straits. Roy McIlroy, Shane Lowry are out on course at the moment. They are out early. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Paddy Carrington in just uh, a little bit. Um, just about the the week, I suppose, and what, what's what's coming up, I guess, for him, and what Europe need to do. But it's going to be a lot. So at the moment, Lowry's all square with Cantley. Um, where else are we? Uh, Scheffler's two up on Ram, and uh, McElroy is one up on Schäufele as well. So it's not a bad start uh, for. Uh, the uh, Amer- or the European team at the moment. Uh, so yeah, McIlroy two up through four. Lowry all square through three with Cantlay. Actually, Deschamps just gone one up on Garcia after the opening hole as well. So plenty of golf to get through. We'll be talking all about it with Dennis Kerwin in just a little bit. Actually, just play that Paddy Carrington clip. And what Europe have to do today? Yes, we always you're always looking for momentum in the singles. We need those points practically. We can't afford to lose them. Uh, you know, we have to win nine three tomorrow to get a tie, which I take at this stage. So yeah, you know they ha- they just have to get the points. That's it. We just don't have any alternative. Rather than we got to win nine nine matches tomorrow. Yeah, he stacked his uh, singles lineup: McIlroy, Lowry, Ram, Garcia, Hovland, Casey, all out uh, first. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that stacks up but look it's looking like uh, they're going to need not so much a Miracle Medina but like <laughs> it was the Miracle Medina times tend to be perfectly honest because this USA team is very very strong but we'll get more on that uh, with Dennis I'll be joining him in just a little bit uh, let's hear from uh, Shane Lowry I've always wanted to play in a Ryder Cup and obviously look we're getting we're a few points behind but I mean I'm not stopping believing anyway I don't care I think I'm having a week in my life here honestly I, I really am it's 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 just been incredible it's an incredible experience you know I really hope we can go out and give them loads tomorrow and just you know put up a good performance and you just never know like you know all morning this morning I was thinking thinking of Medina I was thinking you know of a lot of things um, and I just think you know there's just such a good pond in our team room it's just it's unbelievable we didn't get the breaks yesterday we got hosed and you know it's disappointing but you know we're out there today we're fighting as hard as we can I said to Terrell I said I was thinking about it in bed last night you know we're probably getting a lot of stick back home and a little lot of stick off everyone else and you know I suppose the, the captains the vice captains are getting a lot of stick off people for their parents or whatever because everyone's a genius when you're not doing well but everyone's out there trying their hardest and that's all we can do and I did that today and Terrell did that today and I'm so happy that I could bring a point for my team yeah very accurate stuff from uh, there everyone's a genius when things aren't going well so um, look it's not impossible it is very 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 unlikely that uh, Europe are going to win but look if it's competitive for a while it'll be good entertainment and I'm just looking forward to watching that as the evening progresses uh, let's hear a little, a little bit from Harrington we know what it's all about tomorrow you've got to go out there and win points doesn't matter how you win them but you've got to get out there and, and do your job and find a way of winning your match you've got an opportunity haven't you to make history tomorrow you and your team yes we do that is a good way of looking at it and we have to look at it like that this has never been done before so why not us why not indeed so looking forward to the golf uh, for the rest of the evening in the football this evening Arsenal 
3-0 up on Tottenham Smith Rowe Aubameyang Saka with the goals uh, for the Gunners uh, 76 minutes on the clock there um, so yep Arsenal looking very very comfortable indeed against Spurs as Southampton losing to Wolves in the earlier kickoff today uh, by a goal to nil was how that finished and uh, we'll get you a full time report on that as soon as I can find it there we go Alan Lewis it's finished Southampton nil Wolves won a huge win for the visitors who were second best for much of this game the first half largely forgettable but things really picked up after the break Jose Sarr in the Wolves goal pulled off three great saves to deny Livramento Elianusi and Shea Adams he then turned provider when Raul Jimenez latched on to his long ball to score his first Premier League goal in almost a year after that serious head injury a big three points for Wolves Southampton still looking for their first league win of the season it's finished Southampton nil Wolves won Elsewhere today in Scotland it ended uh, Celtic 1 Dundee United 1 in the Premiership at Celtic Park today so Celtic are in 6 with just 10 points in their 7 games so far and are 6 points behind Rangers already at this stage Elsewhere finished Hibs 1 St Johnston nil at Easter Road Ireland's Conor Rona meanwhile scoring twice as St Mirren beat Aberdeen by 3 goals to 2 uh, results today in the Bon Secours to, uh, Premier Senior Football Championship Newstown beating Carberry Rangers 9 points to 8 elsewhere in the Senior A Football Championship we finished Nottingham Agree 114 Bishopstown 10 points Moy 11 points Bantry Blues 7 points uh, finished uh, Mallow 110 Clyder Rovers 4 points and Donnie's uh, beating O'Donovan Rossa today 17 points to 11 was how that one finished elsewhere today in Formula 1 Lewis Hamilton picking up the 100th Grand Prix win of this career. He took the Russian GP after race leader Lando Norris spun out in the rain later on. Hamilton's championship rival Max Verstappen finished in second. Okay, for more on the Ryder Cup, we go live now to Whistling Straits and our man Dennis Kerwin. And Dennis, um, I hate to like start off on a negative note, but this is surely all over bar the shouting, is it? It is, Rory, yeah, absolutely. There's no question or doubt about that. I mean, you're, you're looking here at the, at the miracle of Medina uh, on, you know, uh, microwaved. It's just, it's not going to happen. I mean, Europe are 11 points to five down for a reason. And that reason is, is that most of this American team are ranked in the, in the top 12 in the world. Mm. 11 of them are ranked in the top 12 in the world. And their lowest ranked player is, is Xander Schofler, who, or sorry, I beg your pardon, their lowest ranked player is Scotty Scheffler, who's number 21 in the world. So they have the strongest team out probably since 1981, the days of, of you know, Nicholas and Floyd and all those great Americans uh, of the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, it, it really is a forlorn task. I mean, most of the European players have been out of form this week with with a few notable exceptions. John Ram and Sergio Garcia, uh, the, the obvious ones. Shane Lowry had a great day yesterday, but a lot of the other players already have just been off form, like mm-hmm. Ian Poulter and, and most notably Rory McIlroy. I mean, he, he just... You know, he was benched for the first session yesterday and uh, I would imagine he actually had to go to Cap- Captain Podrick Harrington and say, look, would you mind sitting me down because I'm not playing well. And he, he went out and again didn't play well in, in the afternoon. So, look, he's up for... But there were, has been, I suppose, some some positives. As you mentioned, um, like Shane Lowry yesterday was fantastic and that putt uh, to, to win that match was just superb and a, a great Ryder Cup moment. 
it was a great Ryder Cup moment, I have to say. Um, we went to a lot of bother getting visas to get over here to cover this event because it was really, really tight. But, you know, I have to say that four and a half, five hours that I spent on the golf course yesterday afternoon watching Shane Larry play the way he did was a pure treat. I mean, he had six birdies. All it, 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 It's hard to describe how difficult this golf course actually is, Rory. It really is tough. I mean, for those who, who play the game and, and have a handicap, it has a this course is a slope rating of 155. It's fiendishly difficult. And uh, he played absolutely superbly. His ball striking was just of the highest order. And the only mistake he made was his drive on 18. He hacks out and he hits a, he, he hits a 167-yard shot approach to 10 feet and then holds the putt. It was just one of the great moments. And, you know, Brendan Larry, his father, is such a great character. His brother was there as well, who's carried for him in the past. And quite quite a few of the, the members of Team Larry, the likes of Robbie Cannon, his, you know, his the guy who looks after his strength and conditioning and uh, you had Neil Manship as coach. So it was a wonderful moment for all of those. And, and yet another great chapter in the career of, of Shane Lowry, who is slowly but surely, you know, entering the legend stakes when it comes to Irish golfers. It certainly is. Patrick Harrington's put the big guns out first today. Rory McIlroy's up against Shoifley, Lowry against Cantlay, Ram against Scheffler and Garcia against Deschambault. They're all um, four fantastic matches in prospect. They are, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you look at that and and you say, okay, Rory McIlroy is playing Xander Schofield. With the way more Rory McIlroy is playing at the moment, you'd probably give him two shots a half and, and or two <laughs> two shots aside, Rory, and give him a run for his money. But like, if you take it, that's a point for the Americans. Then they go 12-5. Okay, so Larry then has to beat Cantley. Ram has to beat Sheffer. Garcia has to beat DeChambeau. Hovland has to beat Marikawa. And say say Casey bet Johnson. So they've got those five points, okay? So then you're looking at 12-10. Now, after that... It looks as though, you know, obviously the likes of Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood and Tyrrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood and Matt Fitzpatrick and Bernd Fiesberger. That's the that's the second part of the batting order. And to be honest, you wouldn't fancy getting too many points out of that. Mm. But look, Shane Lowry came out with a great quote. He, so he saw it somewhere on social media. To have a 1% chance, you need 100% commitment. And, you know, it, they got to get out there. They got to go out with belief that they can actually do this. Can they do it? I doubt it very, very much. Mm. My only fear is that this becomes a record Ryder Cup beating for a European team. The record is 18 and a half to nine and a half. And I hope for Patrick Harrington's sake that Europe don't uh, end up getting a, a record drubbing. I really do. But it is quite possible because if they win eight of the 12 singles matches here today, then that becomes a, a record defeat for a European team. And I wouldn't like to see that happening to Podrick Harrington, to yeah. be honest. Has Podrick actually done much wrong this week or is it just a case of, as you mentioned at the start there, it's just how strong this US team is? Look, to give you an idea, Rory, of how difficult it is to be a Ryder Cup captain, before the Ryder Cup started, he was taking it in the neck from certain sections of the media for actually having having picked Shane Lowry ahead of Justin Rose. He picks Shane Lowry, and now he's getting in the neck for not playing him enough. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. like... You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. It's probably, people probably overthink the role of the captain. I mean, he can't hit drives for them. He can't hit iron shots for them. He can't make putts. It's up to the players to go out there and play to the best of their ability. And to be perfectly honest about it, I think most of the European team would put their hand up and say they didn't do that. And and that has been the difference. Um, one of the other major differences is the fact, as I said to you about the rankings earlier, this is a really, really strong American team. But it's also a very young American team. You know, the vast majority of them are in their 20s. And Dustin Johnson, who's still a relatively young guy, 
is the old man of the party. Whereas when you look at the American team, the likes of, or the English or the European team, the likes of Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood and, you know, Paul Casey, these guys are pushing on into their 40s. And, uh, you know, Garcia is another one there. Fairness, he, he, he's come up trumps. And, you know, what a, what a Ryder Cup career Garcia has had. 28 and a half points he's had over the course of his Ryder Cup career. And when you when you consider how pumped up and excited Shane Lowry was to get one on the board, imagine doing that 28 and a half times. I mean, it's just <laughs> phenomenal. And uh, I, I have to say, you know, that's been the principal difference. And they're going to have to take a long, hard look at the qualification process, Rory, for the Ryder Cup. Because, you know, when you take it, like, I'm sure if you, if you ask most people who the American American Ryder Cup captain is, they probably wouldn't know uh, who he is. Steve Stricker is a guy who's had a great career, but he's a really quiet guy, hunting, shooting, fishing type of bloke who just gets on about his business. And he's the antithesis, the complete opposite of the likes of the Hal Suttons and the Ben Crenshaws and these characters who, you know, have been, you know, uh, evoking all sorts of different kind of, I suppose, military whatever you want to call yeah. it, to try and, 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 and basically boost the, the morale of their team. He's just gone out and said, right, lads, right, you're the top 10, you're eight of the top 10 golfers in the world. Go up and show them what you can do. And that's what they've done. Excellent, Dennis. Um, try to enjoy it today, uh, even if it looks I, like it's I going to be a yes win. Dennis, appreciate that. I do my best, Rory. Thank you. <laughs> Always great to, to chat to Dennis, and uh, even if it's not the greatest at the moment for the uh, European team, uh, Dennis... Uh, thoroughly enjoying his time over at Whistling Straits uh, it has to be said but I will keep you up to date on that as the show progresses but uh, it's not looking good for Europe whatsoever uh, Spurs have pulled one back and there's a bit of me Arsenal 3 Tottenham 1 and the visitors have pulled a goal back it's Hyung Min Son with a close range finish from Regulon's cross and it was while an Arsenal player was down injured he still hurt his granite jacker and Arsenal may have lost their concentration for a second and they've paid for it Arsenal 3 Tottenham 1 yeah, not long left to go in that game uh, as things stand but five minutes left to go alright we're going to talk football and um, a chronic lack of referees and a referee shortage has uh, been um, news now for I suppose quite a while um, but games are being pulled across the county because of a lack of referees I've been chatting to Edwin McNally who's the chairperson of the Irish Soccer Referee Society Cork Branch about the shortage about how people can get into refereeing and what can be done uh, to encourage more people to take up the whistle OK referee numbers are falling in Cork with a number of games being forced to be cancelled as a result I'm joined now uh, by Cork referee chairman Edwin McNally Edwin how are you sir? Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. Um, Edwin, um, tell us, how grave is the situation at the moment as regards referees in Cork and the amount of games that you have to cover? Um, at present, there's possibly over 500 games in the weekends across all leagues. Schoolboys League, AOL, Munster Senior League, the Business League, the Ladies League, the, the Girls League. Um, at the moment, it's, it's with about 75 active referees, so we're looking at five to six games per referee per weekend across different leagues. So, like, at the moment, it's becoming a crisis for us because we're afraid that referees will get injured with the amount of games they have to cover, you know? And that's obviously resulting in games just not being covered by referees, I guess, because there's just not enough of you. And as you say, if there's 500 games to be covered and only 75 referees, you can't cover all of them. No, no. Um, at the moment, no, this weekend... 
I know the senior league are all covered but I know there's some of the games in the AUL that will have to go back and there's a number of games in the Cox Boys League that will have to go back as well on staff that must be very hard I suppose especially in the school boys league uh, and kids who've been training all week looking forward to a game and then being told there's no referee we can't have a game this weekend yeah yeah like it looks it looks terrible for like it looks bad on all part that we don't have enough referees to staff the games but like you can imagine that the kids like it's their chance to get out of the house yeah and like you've 22 players at a game that, that can't play because they haven't got a referee you know Um what we are we're, we're, we're trying to get courses done but like, these are all at the moment they're being done online so what we're, what we're being told by Dublin is that there's a lot of fellas doing the courses online but they're no interest in doing, taking up the game they're just doing it to fill in time because they're out of work and they've nothing to do yeah so how do you I suppose encourage more people to take up refereeing and try and get them involved Um, like we're working hard with the FEI and the rest of the FEI departments to, to run more courses down here. Like previously, like when I took it up over 20 years ago, uh, the course was done out in the old BSB grounds. Yeah. And it was, done, it was done over on a Saturday. Then they went from doing the courses here to a two-day course down here. And then in the last 10 years, it was done over three or four nights. But then the FEI, in their wisdom, decided, right, we're going to do these through Dublin, and they'll be done in Cork, but it'll be done by the referee department down here. Now, there's only so many employed by the referee department that they can't fulfil all these. So, no, we're, we're witnessing that we haven't got enough referees to do the courses because there's not enough people down here to, 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 to run the courses for us. Mm. Is this, like, as you say, you've been refereeing 20 years yourself, Edwin, is this the, the worst that you've seen it in Cork now with regards to the referees and shortages? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, like, we'd say before the pandemic, we probably had over 100 members. We lost 20 out of those because of long-term injuries and their age profile. Mm. And then with the pandemic, fellas have realised, right, there's more to life. Um, do I need to go to a game? Do I, do, like, I can spend time with the family. Um, then fellas have holiday homes, so like, they, they're going to make the most of those on the end of September. Mm-hmm. So now, like, we're down to, we're down to seven, we have 93 official referees signed up, but there's only 75 available at the moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, as well as that, our age profile is like out of the 75 that are out of the 93 50% of those are over the age of 50 Yeah. so how long more can fellas go if they're done 5 or 6 games per week they're definitely going to pick up injuries and the mileage is in the legs then at this stage as well you know and is it a case, I suppose, of... You obviously want to encourage people to get into refereeing from, from a younger age, I suppose, and, and uh, how is that, I suppose, is that kind of going into the clubs and going into the schools and saying, actually, refereeing is a great thing to do and you can become a great career. You look at Alan Kelly, who's had a fantastic career in the States and worldwide with this. I mean, is that how you encourage people to take it up? Yeah, before, before this COVID... Over two years ago now, I I went around to five or six different secondary schools, and I I targeted uh, transition years 
like for fellas that are 16, 17 to try and get them in because like if a fella starts refereeing at 17 it'll take him five or six years to get on the National League panel and that's what he needs he needs to, mm. to set a goal to go to the, the, the League of Ireland panel um, and they, that's where teams open up for young fellas but like, you need to be in the top division by the time you're 28, 29 it's the way it's going you mm-hmm. can see the, the the referees that are refereeing in the Champions League and stuff like that they're, they're not they're not referees anymore they're athletes yeah. there's not a pick on them you know they, 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 there's no there's no body fat there's nothing they, like, they, they're basically athletes at this stage you know so like we're trying to get young fellas to come in at an early age so that they can work their way up the ladder you know not saying that we're discouraging fellas that are 33, 34 and that are finishing up because they like fellas that refer- play at local level at a decent level mm. will make a fantastic referee because they know the game they play the game they can judge it happens you know that's what we need as well we need fellas that are taking a packing up and don't want to go into coaching it's a door for them to go through it's an avenue they can take up you know mm-hmm. and like the common thing that I found out talking to referee friends of mine and referees throughout the, the or throughout the course of my job or whatever is that it's a massively enjoyable thing to do and every referee that I've talked to loves refereeing when, uh, when I took it up I was thinking am I mad going into this but I think that like once you get a half dozen games a dozen games on the up belt you're going this is for me and you know like I've made friends all over the country hmm. and like if you ask me no, if, if I was to, if I was to retire or pack it up I reckon I'd be back within 12 months because <laughs> I think I'd miss it so much yeah. um, like I often said there now at home I'd be 50 next year and you know I'd pack up at the top but like they're saying to me at home you'll you wreck your heads at home now if you pack up because you'll have nothing to do because your whole weekend is gone from it like hmm. So, like, like the likes of Dennis Crone and other that, that you said that you you train with, you know, mm. that, like Dennis is a gentleman. Like, I there's there's a gang of us there. We we train three or four times a week, and like we we're all good friends, and we're all on the phone to one another. And like the likes of Graham Kelly, Keith Callan, and Ken Hennessy that retired. Like we came up through the ranks together, and we're still all best of friends, you know, yeah. outside the refereeing. I'm sure I remember even playing AUL 10 years ago and Eddie Mullins was refereeing our games and then he must have been in his 70s at that point and he just he genuinely is. loved the game like yes he still is and like, like if we if we like we normally have in a, in a awards noise or a presentation right and we, we used to do it in, inside in Heineken hmm. to a contact of mine and like Eddie was the, the one fella that he'd be the first on the list to invite because his banter his stories yeah. from, from years gone like you know Great man and gentleman. Um, another thing, Eddie, we have to talk about is, I suppose, the abuse of referees that um, happens during games. It probably happens in every game, but from what I've been gathering from talking to referees, is that it's increasing and it's getting worse and worse and worse as the years go on. Yeah, it's like I, I haven't, I haven't been at any will games or any business league games, so I don't know what what way it is at those. But at the moment, at the senior league, like. I'm going to have to back up the technical areas and the managers and and the substitutes like there's nothing coming from the technical areas at the moment yeah. they're a pleasure to deal with it's it's Johnny that decides to go and watch a game that's standing in the crowd thinking that oh I can say what I want here to referees and he can call the referee whatever he wants thinking like 
you know, I'll get away with this because they can't do anything. Yeah. But, but like we've we spoken to the leagues and like the, the onus is going to go back on the, the, the home team and like their their committee and stuff they'll have to deal with these fellas and they'll have to they'll have to ask them to leave because they don't need us going right I don't need this and I'm going to abandon the game because there's a shortage of referees there's problems trying to get leagues league games finished and mm. stuff and they don't need us abandoning games now because some spectators deciding to be a hero and abuse a referee so like we want to see back in the home club now so it's up to them to, to remove to remove the troublemakers but like if you meet these fellas on the street nine times out of ten they'll drop their head they won't even open yeah. their mouth here but they think they can say what they want because you're in the middle and you can't do anything that your hands are tied yeah. but we've got to the stage now that we've sworn the leagues and if we have to we'll abandon games and that's the, 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 the end of it I suppose I mean like that is the case I mean like nobody wants games to be abandoned everyone wants to play their match at the weekend but if there are no referees to referee the games then the game in this city in this county is going to deteriorate yeah if we spoke to one of the leagues I won't mention it now but they they called it a cancer and that it's a cancer that's creeping into football and that there's no need for it mm-hmm. um, and like, like we, we all wanted like I'm involved in football since I'm seven years of age. Yeah. So like it's it's part of my family growing up. My mother's family were, were a football family and like I love football and I love going to games. But to be listening to a fella that probably doesn't know whether the ball is pumped or stuff, so <laughs> no one at you doesn't know how many laws of the games are there and they probably call them rules, which they're in fact laws of the yeah. game. And we're we're only there to implement the laws. Like we're not making these things up in our head, or as they say, or oh, hometown decision, or you're looking after him because he's your buddy. Like if I'm being assessed by an assessor at a game, I need to be at the top of my game to get the next game. Like if a big game comes into court, I want my name in the hat, so I can't afford to go and have a bad game because I'm buddies with some manager. Mm. It doesn't work that way, you know. And if people want to get involved with refereeing um, and listening to this and think look I can step up and, and referee games how do they go about it is it only through the FAI at the moment that they can register to become it's, a referee it, it's only through the FAI and we've posted a, a link on our Facebook page and it's basically you fill in the link and it goes to the FAI and the feedback we're getting is that if they have X amount of names from Cork they'll run a course just down in Cork Mm-hmm. But see what was happening that time when I went to the schools was that when I spoke to the transition year lads and told them about the likes of Alan Kelly and what he done and like I told them where I started from and where I got to the League of Ireland level back to the senior league and um, like the young fellas were interested and they explained to them look because you mightn't get a game with your team that doesn't mean you can't be involved mm-hmm. and like it was like out of each school that I went to there was three or four young fellas wanted to go step forward and do it but then when I went to the FAI there wasn't a course available so like, it was a waste of time on my part and I thought I wasted the young fellas times as well because you know they wanted to get involved and then they were, like I was sending them on to the FAI and the FAI was saying oh there's no course Yeah. so hopefully now that like with the link that they can follow fellas can fill it in and if there's X amount down here they can run the course for them then you know 
Yeah, if you search for Irish Soccer Referee Society Cork Branch, you'll find that on Facebook. Edwin, been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much, and uh, we'll keep an eye on how the situation develops over the, the next while. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, very interesting discussion there with Edmund McNally about refereeing in Cork and uh, the chronic uh, shortage of referees available and games being cancelled and postponed and um, because of a lack of referees. So if you are interested in refereeing, uh, be sure and uh, check out the Irish Soccer Referee Society Cork Branch Facebook page. There's a link there. Uh, so you can register your interest and as Edwin was mentioning uh, get a a course done down in Cork Forest alright still to come on the show we are going to talk cricket we're going to talk Muay Thai and we're going to get a full time report on Arsenal's win over Tottenham that's next miss the show grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench not looking good for Team Europe at the Ryder Cup uh, of the uh, six matches that are on at the moment the uh, US are up in three of them uh, Europe up in two and there's one tie so Roy McIlroy is two up through five and Xander Schäufele Patrick Cantlay is leading Shane Lowry he's one up through four Scotty Scheffler four up through four on John Ram. John Ram had been like the hero of the European team this weekend what's happening there Bryce Nishamba one up uh, through three on Sergio Garcia Victor Hovland though is two up through two on Colin Morikawa and Dustin Johnson and Paul Casey they've just played their first they are level Brooks Cup and Bernd Weisberger just on the course as are Tony Finau and Ian Poulter and just about to tee off are Justin Thomas and Terrell Hatton all over at the Emirates Stadium Arsenal have beaten Tottenham Nigel Bidmead Arsenal 3 Tottenham 1 Arsenal blew Spurs away in the first 34 minutes of this North London derby Emil Smith-Rowe scored the opener and was instrumental in the others scored by Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Bukayo Saka Spurs were much better in the second half and pulled a goal back late on through Hyung Min Son. But this was the third game in a row a London rival has stuck three past them. The Arsenal three, Spurs one. All right, we're going to talk Muay Thai now because next Saturday, fights are back. It's been a long 18 months for fighters who haven't been able to fight because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But next weekend, uh, Simon is putting on a superb card at uh, the St. Finbar's uh, Hurling uh, Club. It's going to be an incredible hurling and football club. I do beg your pardon. Um, so that's happening next Saturday. Starts at four o'clock. Loads of fights on the card. Uh, and some of the biggest names uh, in Irish Muay Thai will be there. Some of the fighters calling to me today. Uh, we brought them up to two interviews. So we're going to hear from uh, Ryan Driscoll and Armageddon in a little bit. First up, though, going to talk to our pals uh, Owen McCarthy and Finn Keating, who joined me earlier today. I'm first going to hear from Owen. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant, Mark. Thanks for having us in as usual. Um, you know, it's like you said, surviving the last year and a half, it was very tough. Like, you know, there, there was literally, there was nothing going on. There was no training, no gyms open, nothing. It was all just down to ourselves, really tipping away ourselves, running, maybe doing a bit of bag work if you have four pads, if you have stuff at home. Myself and a few lads actually used to meet up up in the gap pitch there, here and there, and bang a few pads there and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was grand just being able to do something, just keep the mind straight. But uh, it's great being back now, back for a while. Mayor's keeping us busy, keeping us going. You know, um, like you said, there no last year and a half there hasn't been anything going on. And the excitement around this, as you, you can see, it straight away. Tickets are flying out, mm-hmm. ringsides, all out, gone already. General admission, a few left. It's grand of places. It's buzzing, really. Is. It's brilliant. Finn, how have you found it? I mean, like, it must be very frustrating when you can't fight. Yeah, you know yourself now. I've, you know, being in the ring is is. Uh, Nearly my second home, like so, it's tough not being able to fight, especially for a year and a half with all the the coronavirus and all that. Mm. So, um, absolutely buzzing out to get back in there on Saturday and 
you know, do my thing. When was your last fight? Uh, my last fight was in March 2020. <laughs> well, and I've been the same with the Rockies, yeah. Yeah, I remember I was here about a year and a half yeah. ago, like, so... Long time. <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago, actually, since you were last. Scary, man. Yeah, it is, really. Um, but, like, how exciting now, Mac? Are you just, like, to lace up the gloves on Saturday and get back in there? Buzzing, Rory, really am. Like, you know, uh, like, we've known this long time now, like, and, <laughs> like, Dan, it's more uh, the love for it more than that now at this stage. Like, mm. We really missed it more than that. The training is brilliant. Like, we're like a big family above all of us. All yeah. buzzing with each other. Can't wait to get in there, get it done. Into the last week now, like, all the hard work is done. Just the last bit of the way I cut and get in and get the job done, like. That's a part you don't miss, I'd say, if it is at the way cut. <laughs> uh, well, look, it has to be done, but, you know, we're all used to it now at this stage. We're all fighting years, mm. like, so. Is, um, and you've been out of the ring now a year and a half. Is ring rust going to be a worry for you heading in there on Saturday? No, I wouldn't say a ring rust would be a bit of a worry. Like, when it comes into, like, we're just sparing a lot with each other, tipping away, like, it's, it's more of a case just fine-tuning now the last couple of weeks and getting back into it again. Like, Finn just said there, you know, it's second nature. We're at this a long time. So it's just a case going and get it done, like, you know what I mean? Finn, tell us about who you're fighting on Saturday. Uh, so I'm fighting Bailey Graham from Scotland for uh, the WBC uh, Celtic title. Mm. Um, and everyone knows the WBC like is a, a big organisation, mm. so I'll be looking to uh, put on my A game for the crowd. And, um, you know, this lad from Scotland uh, comes from a good gym, so uh, he'll be game as well. So I've been flat out the past few months training hard with all the lads. We're all going to be ready for the night now, and it'll be a great night of fights. Have you seen much of him, or do you know much about him? Um, I've watched a few of his fights, all right, but... Um, do you know, nothing I can handle. And I've been in there before against other top internationals, so mm. I'll be looking to make a statement. Mark, who are you fighting? Uh, my fight's actually originally been changed. I was fighting a lad, uh, Lee McKay from Scotland, due to coronavirus and stuff like that. He had to pull out. So I'm fighting uh, Isaac Taylor now from Johnny T's gym in Bolton. Mm. Uh, Isaac's a good uh, British lad, British champion, stuff like that. He's fought here a few times. He's fought the McGahey brothers. He's no, he's a good, uh, good, strong young fella coming through. Mm. So uh, like that, a good international to have under the belt as well. So really looking forward to getting uh, it done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, it's on the bars next week, and it's a, a kind of a fantastic setup. Michael, tell us about it. Uh, it's brilliant as always. You know, Martin's not one to be pulling any stops when it comes to this stuff, especially the way it's the first one back. Um, my understanding of it is we have like a circus tent, marquee job. The ring's going to be set up there. Seats, standing room for everyone to enjoy the uh, to enjoy the fights. There's the bear. There's the rock to walk as usual. Keep everyone going. It's the main thing. As soon as we come out, is there anything left in the memories there? The grubbing. But uh, no, I think it's, it's going to be buzzing like that. Like, like I said, uh, there's only general admission tickets left. If there's anyone looking from get on to fighters or gyms looking from straight away because it is going to be buzzing and the place is going to be rocking. It's brilliant. And Finn, how much of a help is that for you having a big hang of a hometown crowd behind you for such a big fight? Oh, it's huge especially for you know the big break we've had from the ring as well I think this fight more than any I've, you know I have been looking really forward to it you know over the long break and um, you know I feel the the crowd definitely help alright uh, you know, we'll have about 100 tickets sold each I'd say nearly mm-hmm. probably more like so the place will be rocking on the night yeah really looking forward to it uh, Mac who else from your gym is on the, the card we have a big old card our, ourselves now we were uh, mainly all the A class myself Finn Aaron McGahey fighting for Four Nations title is there Ryan Driscoll is there um, then you have um, Sam Devaney and Furalize fighting for the Silver Series title out of our own place as well you have Kelvin Cashman you have Colin Tobin Emil 
Aideen Mullins and you have Dave Sheehan so we have a, a big old stable ourselves fighting mm-hmm. on the card which is great to have pushing each other the whole way through from during the whole fight camp and even before like since we came back we knew this is in, on, down the line so we've been pushing ourselves hard for the last few months It must be um, kind of like because you've been out for so long it must feel like your first fight again does it? That's Yeah it's like, like that's been out for so long I don't, don't think this, I just can't think of anything where it's been so long we've been out for a fight mm-hmm. even with injuries or anything like that it's never been this long so now, I can honestly say that probably might be a bit of nerves or something coming into the ring or anything like that but <laughs> like that as soon as you get a punch in the face or a kick they're going to go to window <laughs> Do you get nervous before fights Finn? Um, I suppose everyone gets nervous before fights but as Max says there once the first few shots are thrown all <laughs> nerves goes out the window as Mike Tyson said like everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face like so <laughs> Lads uh, pleasure having you in uh, not going to wish you luck for Saturday because you don't need it just go on do your thing. Thanks very Thanks much, very much Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's Finn Keating and Noah McCarthy there of Slime Warriors uh, joining me to discuss their uh, fights next Saturday night at St. Finbar's. Should be an absolutely cracking occasion. Really looking forward to heading out to that, but mostly for the chicken noodles. Let's be honest about it. Those noodles are awesome. All right, we're going to have more from the lads in a bit, but we're going to talk cricket now. It's the end of an era at Cork County Cricket Club as the legendary Andy Wooden departs the Rebel County to return to his beloved Yorkshire. I had Andy in during the week to discuss his career with County, the state of the game in this country and more. All right, we're going to talk cricket now on the Big Red Bench and I'm delighted to be joined by our good friend Andy Wooden who sadly is leaving the shores of Leaside Tridhorn, home to his beloved Yorkshire. So for one last time on the Big Red Bench, Andy, you're very, very welcome. Thanks, Rory. Thanks well, one last time, for, I suppose, for the immediate future anyway. I know it's coming up, that's fine. <laughs> uh, oh, going back to your, your beloved Yorkshire, as, as you've always said yourself, uh, a big move and I suppose tinged, I suppose a, a, a kind of a bittersweet kind of uh, flavour, I guess, leaving Cork. I've absolutely loved the time here Um, you know coming from Yorkshire which is a hotbed of cricket um, I I think we've probably heard this before I actually found a cricket club before I found somewhere to live in Cork (laughs) uh, because I knew that's where my my summers would be Um, and as it sort of turned out a lot of the winters as well through the committee members and stuff uh, getting sponsorship and sort of mentoring the game around as well you know Mm. with the youngsters it's been great fun we've really enjoyed it so you've been here what fifteen years? I mean, like, how did you find County, and how did you approach them? And I suppose, and what was your first couple of weeks like? Um, I, I sort of did a lot of research. Um, we had the internet back then, which was great in Yorkshire. Yeah, Whoa. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We had running water as well, <laughs> and um, it was just sort of going through the websites, having a look at different clubs. Um, I actually came over uh, for a job interview, and that would have been around October time uh, Mm. when the cricket would have been finished and I actually drove around a couple of the clubs and as soon as I walked or sorry pulled up outside the Richard Beamish gates there was no no choice really yeah. Cork County is an amazing uh, place to play cricket. It's that view, I think, when you're just looking up at the buildings above you and right by the River Lee as well. It's just yeah. something intoxicating about it. Outstanding. And uh, since sort of being here, um, people from around Ireland, uh, different players, they've all come down and they've all said this is their favourite place to play mm. cricket in Ireland. Uh, they love to come down to Cork. Um, you know the people are lovely down in Cork as well so yeah. that, that's been a big plus and what I love as well is like you look at photographs from the club off the ground say almost 100 years ago it hasn't changed a bit like the view is the exact same it's amazing it hasn't you know it hasn't I mean the, the beards might have got a little bit longer nowadays <laughs> from the old sort of um, team photos but um, yeah look it's, it's an outstanding venue um, the pitch the ground uh, the old clubhouse the old photos from, from 50, 60, 70 years ago mm. Um 
an amazing place. And Matt does such a good job in the, the ground as well, isn't he? Matt does an amazing job. Amazing job. Um, you know, that that's something that, you know, we have to work hard to try and keep, you know, having a full-time groundsman through the year mm-hmm. um, to keep up the venue. Hence the reason why we have international cricket down there as well. We have visiting teams from other countries at underage level. Um, you know, it can only bode well for the future that, that, that Matt's around and, and, and keeps the ground in as pristine a shape as he does. Now, cricket's obviously grown in popularity in Ireland over the last decade. What was the state of the game like here when you arrived? It was just starting to sort of hit, hit the high of um, I think they'd just beaten Pakistan in the World Cup yeah. which was quite famous I think they beat England once as well um, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> quite, and that, quite remote that one <laughs> um, but the game was starting to grow um, I, I think the problem with, with it then there was no continuity with sort of the, the smaller age group once the people that were involved in the game that had grown the game had gotten too old to play there was a little bit of a gap hmm. Till the youngsters that were watching the cricket when uh, Ireland beat Pakistan, you know, might have only been five or six years old, seven years old. So until they got a little bit older and played their level, and you see a lot of those playing in the current Irish team now, um, you know, so there was a little bit of a sort of eight to ten year gap. Um, still, some great cricketers come through Ireland. Um, you know, the breeding ground, a lot of them played their cricket over in the UK in the county championship because it was better cricket back Mm -hmm. then but now there's a first class structure here in Ireland Um, a lot of the youngsters are getting a a go at playing a good standard of cricket and what about county then when you arrived I mean what was the state of the club then and I suppose where were they in the grand scheme of things yeah I I think county uh, have always been um, you know since I've been at the club we've been the predominant club in in Munster Um, there are a couple of clubs that are sort of now sort of coming up and trying to give us a game and some people are beating us now occasionally Um, (laughs) but that only bodes well for the game as well Yeah, you know again the youngsters that have come through to try and beat count counties everybody's cup final hmm. everybody knows that they want to come and play at the Mardike it's their cup final they seem to raise their game when they play us so we have to be on our ball if we're not we could be beaten and we have been beaten a couple of times talk to me about some of the, the players that you played with down the years and who's kind of stood out in your memory wow um, yeah I played a lot of um, obviously here in, in, in Ireland you probably wouldn't know too many of the guys from back in the UK um, you know, club stalwarts like Robert Duggan, like Ross Duarte, hmm. um, they've always been around through my playing career. Uh, Sid Joshi, Ababaka Siddiqui. Uh, these guys have sort of been involved from day one I was at the club uh, and come through, and they're still playing now. Now, I am a good 12 to 15 years <laughs> older than all of them now. Um, but look, these guys have always been very welcoming. There's a good mix of... of um, people down at the club um, mm. you know a lot of um, uh, South Africans we've got New Zealanders we've got Aussies we've got Pakistanis we've got Indians mm. we've a, a young lad from Nepal um, you know so proper there's a global g- game isn't absolutely, it absolutely yeah yeah. so you know it is a game for all you know any standard we've got three or four different um, standards that we play mm. so if you just want a little bit of fun or if you want to take it seriously we can cover all bases there and the younger age groups as well coming through the club which has always been the case for county as well it's always fantastic it's, it's going from strength to strength as the years go by yeah absolutely um, you know 70 or 80 people there on a Friday night the kids having great fun running mm. around from you know plastic bat cricket to you know stepping it up to, to hardball cricket mm. um, girls and boys you know any age group um, 
the coaches have done a fantastic job at the club mm-hmm. um, the parents have backed it up by helping them out um, some of the senior players are now involved in the coaching side with the younger ones coming through um, I would say the next 10 years at County there's going to be some very good cricketers come through there I think we've known each other. We're trying to figure this out, but ten years now, I think, at this yeah, point, isn't ten it? years, yeah. And the, yeah. the work you've done, I suppose, promoting county not just here on Cork Street FM, but throughout, I suppose, everywhere, has been fantastic. And I suppose it's it's helped county to kind of, I suppose, grow. I guess. You know, the the, the work that we put in down at county, you know, it is all um, off the back of what you want to happen at the club. Mm. You know, it's it's not. You've got to have a passion for these things. You can't just say I'm going to help out and do something you've got to have a little bit of breeding a bit of background in there as well um, coaching kids ain't easy you know they want to play around they want to mess they want to do these things I mean we still do that as adults but you know at, at little kids for them to understand as well but the coaches have been great um, you know the continuity of people that are down there as well so people 10 years ago are still coaching mm-hmm. so they get that familiarity with the game um, Look, we've just we've loved it down there. Um, you know, I know the kids are going to come through good. Um, future Munster Reds players, <laughs> future Ireland players. You never know. You never know, indeed. You've obviously kind of, I'd imagine, been looking back on your own career now with uh, County. Can you kind of single out like big games and I suppose important matches that you played in? Kind of the highlights, I guess. Yeah, I, I think every game you play um, at the top level is an important game. Mm. Um, form does dip in and out as you would know hmm. um, not for me though which is no, yeah not, which is yeah solid, I was consistent throughout the career the only thing that stopped me doing anything I really wanted to do was injuries <laughs> <laughs> do you know the, the knees got too bad and you know it was um, how can I single out games um, man of the match in cup final um, which was great um, I think I think 10 years ago when County first started playing in Leinster you know mm. to get the level of cricket that we needed down here in, in, in Cork uh, we had to travel to Leinster to play in their mm-hmm. um, in, in their leagues and between winning Division 2 going up into the Premier League in, in Leinster playing against the international Remember players that, yeah. was superb uh, and being a big part of that team um, you know the experience that we've drawn on over the years from the senior players to be able to bring the youngsters through was fantastic. No, I'm not going to talk too much about myself. I'd love to. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> but, but it is a team effort, you know, and, and, and the guys have, you know, cricket is a team sport, mm-hmm. but it's very individual as well. You know, you need people to perform on the day uh, with either the bat or the ball mm. or even in the field. Um, so it, it can be a little bit more individual than other games, but it's still a team game at the end of, the, at the, at the end of it all. Um, Look, I'm probably the finest swing bowler that you've ever seen in Cork. Uh, but that didn't come from me, do you know? Yeah. Um, your son Harvey plays with County as well. How proud a moment was that for you, seeing him play for a County for the first time? I was great, you know. Um, Harvey's always got um, um, a, a bit of talent there. He's always had a bit of talent. I, If I was half as good as he was at his age now, I would have probably played, you know, in the World Eleven. Mm. Um but watching him put the shirt on and, and run up and start bowling and, and it just means a lot, you know. The, I, I was I had a little bit of a, a going away party on Saturday evening mm. uh, down the club, and I was talking to a few of the people down there when they asked me to say a few words. And there's only two clubs I've ever played for which I felt at home, mm. and Cork is one of them. 
Um, and you give everything for your club. Mm. Um, you put your body on the line. Um, you go out and raise funds to help the club take over. Uh, you hold quiz nights. You do Zooms. You go training. Um, I've been very, very lucky to have a partner in Sam um, that's allowed me to do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she didn't really have a say in it. <laughs> <laughs> but she'd rather me be out of the house than in the house. So and that was great as well. But she's been great as well. She's she's really um, helped me along mm. here and give me the, the you know the say so to go and do things. And know. for both Sam and yourself, and I suppose it is hard for you to, to leave Cork, which has been your home for so long. It has, yeah. You know, we've we, we were we've worked here all his lives. We've met some wonderful people. Um, too many to mention, to be fair. Um, and there's been some horrible people as well, but not many of those. <laughs> yeah. We'll say none of those. No. Um, as you leave Ireland to return to Yorkshire, I mean, like, what's your take on the state of the game here and how can it be improved in the future? Um, I, I, I think the state of the game is in good health. Um, the youngsters coming through, it might be another five or ten years before it gets back up to the heights that it did back in 2007, 2008 in the Irish setup. Uh, the Munster setup. Um, is is pleasing that they have a a heat side now, mm-hmm. um, which is the development of the younger players. Uh, there's a clear pathway now for them to get to where they need to be. Um, you know the 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 setup's good, the coaching's good. Um, I just hope you know people keep listening to Big Red Bench, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting a little feel of the cricket. You know, the season's finished now. Um, and won't start again until April but um, indoor facilities now in Cork so it'll be able to carry on throughout the winter and people will be able to practice so yeah it's in good shape and something I think we've touched on in every interview that we've done but if you want to give Cricker a go just get in touch and go down absolutely you know we're on on every social media platform there is Um, if the kids are interested if the parents are listening to this and want to give the kids something different to do drop an email drop a message we'll let you know when the training uh, is down in Cork Uh, come and have a crack it's Mm -hmm. great fun it's great fun finally Andy when they write the new version of the history of Cork County Cricket Club how would you like to be remembered in that book front page picture (laughs) that's it thanks a million (laughs) thanks buddy cheers yeah. modest to a T is our Andy Wooden and very best of luck to him and to his partner Sam as they return home to Yorkshire and thanks uh, to Andy for all his help over the years It's uh, he was always very very helpful very very friendly and uh, did a massive job of promoting uh, cricket in Cork so thank you very much indeed to Andy alright just going to wrap up uh, one final interview uh, Aaron McGee, uh, Ryan Ruskell uh, ahead of the Sime Warriors fighting it happening at St Finbar's next Saturday evening in a big top it's going to be an absolutely cracking night I'm uh, going to hear first from uh, Ryan. I'm going to edit it anyway, so that's grand. Don't oh, worry yeah. about it. I'm working on it. It would help if I did edit it before it went out on air, to be perfectly honest. Uh, that's Aaron and Ryan. Uh, I'm going to frantically try and edit that now while I talk and try and keep the show on the road. So we'll see how uh, that goes. But uh, at the Ryder Cup at the moment, Roy McIlroy, one up through seven on Shoy Flay. Uh, Shane Laurie down, though, three down uh, through six on Patrick Cantlay. John Ram also down three down through five on Scheffler. Uh, Sergio Garcia, two down on Bryson Nishambo through four. So look, um, the USA need 
three and a half points uh, to win so it's not looking very very likely at all for this uh, European team but we will uh, see how it goes and we live in hope but see uh, what will happen there now let's go back to, to Aaron and to Ryan hopefully uh, this one has been properly edited yeah, thanks for having me in Rory I appreciate it um, yeah as the lads were saying uh stressful times obviously um, we've been doing Thai boxing a long time so it was always competitive as well uh, it's just down to tipping away yourself really like you know uh, mm. staying in a good mindset keeping as fit as you can and um, just just looking forward to when the next event eventually did pop up you know mm. and thankfully it's only around the corner now and we'd be good to go and the mindset thing is obviously vital because it must have been very frustrating kind of like almost probably get you down the fact that you haven't been able to fight Definitely, yeah. But um, I have my cousin too, Dami Kelly, a uh, former ISK mm. Irish champion. So I did do a lot of training with him. Uh, so I was lucky in a sense to have him around me, you know. Um, we kept each other sharp throughout the whole pandemic. And um, so I, I was always tipping away with, with good people around me. So mm. it's just, it, it's good to be finally at the back end of it now. And uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday. Mm. And how do you find the, the whole year and a half? I actually kind of enjoyed it to be honest <laughs> I got into other things like breathing and stuff like that like do you know what I mean like there's yeah. other things outside of Thai boxing like but then it's like do you know you're away from home kind of thing like I'm glad to be home now and yeah. when I get into the ring I'll be comfortable then I'll be happy again like what's the buzz been like in the gym now like in the build up to this fight the boys are training hard as well everyone is a good old buzz like and um Everyone is just really happy, and I'm lucky then too. I have um, my friends out there, the shed too, Seamus Corgan and Rob Murphy, mm. Corby. So I'm getting the best of both worlds and training with all of my old gym mates yeah. and and the new ones. And then we have the likes of Ryan and Tommy and my brother and all of the boys are back as well. So we've a serious crew now. Like we've the best gym in Ireland now. Like. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Ryan, I suppose um, having all the lads training for fights as well at the same time must be a massive help and everyone's kind of coming up at the same time. Yeah, amazing. Honestly, I'm uh, I'm very excited uh, to be part of such a great team, you know. Um, it's, it's really good to be able to train with uh, very high-level fighters, you know. All the boys up in uh, the gym in Siam, there's, there's some serious fighters in the gym, so the sparring has had, has been excellent, the training's been excellent, and I've no doubt in my mind that it's only going to make me level up, so I'm uh, very, very excited to be part of a good team. Aaron, tell us about who you're fighting on Saturday. I'm fighting um, Aaron Walker. He's from Manchester. We're fighting for Four Nations belt. Uh super flyweight I think hmm. so, yeah. do you know much about him have you seen him um, I've seen little bits about him I don't get too bogged down about that like, right. but it'll be a good tight boxing match like you know he's, he, he'll be good like, hmm. but he won't be good enough <laughs> that's what I like to hear Ryan who are you up against I'm fighting a Brazilian lad called Jose Vieira. Um, he owns his own gym up in Dublin. Um, I've seen him fight. He fought a friend of mine, uh, Adrian Kirby from Spartan. He fought him before, and I think he spent a lot of time in Thailand as well, so he's experienced. Um, so I'm looking forward to a very, very good fight, and I can't wait to showcase my skills. Mm. It sounds like a great event as well, next Saturday out in the bars and tent and the whole shebang. It's going to be a fantastic occasion, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of people coming as well, like... A I've sold a lot of tickets I don't know I sold about like 60 tickets I don't know 60 people like, do you know what I mean like, <laughs> it's good like I'm getting a lot of sport this time like so I'm really happy like yeah. you know and Ryan what's it like I suppose fighting in front of you, like, your hometown crowd and that big kind of atmosphere what's that like 
Oh, unreal, honestly. Like, you know, I, 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 I fought in Dublin and other places. I fought in Scotland before, but there's just nothing like fighting in Cork in front of your, your friends and family. Like, you know, there's always that extra buzz about it. Mm. Um, my last fight was in Cork two years ago against Finn, actually. <laughs> now we're teammates. We've been having rematches in the gym ever since. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's great. And I actually cannot wait. The place is going to be absolutely rocking. Like, mm. no doubt about it. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And uh, conversely, then, Aaron, is that going to bring its own pressure when you're fighting? in front of like your hometown crowd all your friends as you said you sold 60 tickets does that add a little bit of pressure on you then to, to go and perform it does like but it doesn't like I was only talking to my uncle the other day like and I, I appreciate the sport so much like it means a lot but you know once you get into the ring could be 60 sheep in the crowd like it, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter like you know you're gone like you're there to do your job like and you just kind of forget like yeah, just like, well, that's what happens to me anyway I don't mm. remember people outside and stuff like mm, that yeah. Like. exactly yeah. lads really looking forward to watching performance Saturday um, just go out and do it and get it done thanks Rory cheers thanks Rory yeah great to talk to Ryan O'Driscoll and our McGehee there of Sign Warriors but we are out of time best of luck to the lads in their fight next Saturday night uh, looking forward to that one out in St. Finbar's podcast online shortly redfm.ie enjoy the rest of the Ryder Cup tonight folks if enjoy is the right word what looks like it's going to be a big big USA win but enjoy that if you're going to watch it uh, Green and Red up next three hours of the best Irish music coming your way with the man the myth the legend Conor Halpin that's on your way next enjoy the rest of your Sunday folks The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM